Welcome to On Leading. I'm Shauna Steffen with the privilege of interviewing Sally Osberg. As the pioneering CEO of the Skoll Foundation and founder of the Skoll World Forum, Sally Osberg champions a sustainable world of peace and prosperity with every ounce of her being. Investing $400 million in social entrepreneurs and innovators over the years in order to scale impact, Sally is a master at catalyzing positive systemic change. Co-author of Getting Beyond Better, How Social Entrepreneurship Works, Sally offers genius insight on what it really takes to solve the world's most pressing problems on the ground. In this interview, Sally speaks to the restorative leadership practice of deep understanding for transformative results, and she sheds light on the power of proximity. Sally, if you could change one thing in the world with a wave of your magic wand, what would you change and why? If I could change one thing in the world, I think what I would change is the social environment that that holds people back from developing their full potential. I think that's the source of most conflict, that's the source of most suffering, that's the source of most fundamental disagreement among people, that's the source of um, bigotry and, and hatred and violence. And so if I could change one thing, it would be the social environment that, that holds people back from being the human beings they are designed to be. So with that same wand, what would you have all people understand at this time in our planet's history? I would have them understand, first of all, that their well-being, their, their future, their present, their um, opportunities, their lives are intimately connected with um, everyone else's, regardless of proximity. So I would want people to understand that the people with whom they are most intimate, they're their families and their communities, um, and I don't mean just their geographical communities, but their communities in the workplace, just communities beyond the nuclear, the nuclear family, that those communities and their participation in them and in their families is, is the uh, nuclear center of um, a set of emanating, emanating circles, and it's mm. impossible for any of us to thrive, for any of us to thrive without understanding how connected we are. Um, so that's what I would want people to to understand. And I believe people do understand that. I think we're wired to understand that. And I think a lot of, you know, conflict comes from people feeling disconnected uh, from their families, from their communities, from, from opportunities. And um, that's what leads them to align uh, with, you know, less positive forces or, or communities in the world. So mm -hmm. that connection, I think, is absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. Sally, I have heard you say that the challenge today is to summon the body of evidence to tell us what social entrepreneurship is getting done and how. What do you think is uniquely possible through social entrepreneurship? Well, I think that there are very few problems 
in the world, no matter how vast, no matter how complex, that don't um, begin with a commitment to understanding how a how a status quo, how a situation, how a system got to be the way it is. What holds it in place, who the actors are, what the forces are, what the incentives and disincentives are, and then how those problems are nested within larger, larger systems. But let's just start with understanding um, the way something that is not working for some large segment of humanity how it got to be that way. And so at the Skull Foundation, we've realized that the social entrepreneur has this deep, deep commitment to understanding and that that understanding comes through experience, through knowledge, through interaction with those in the, in the system, through persuasion, through apprenticeship, through expertise. It, it, it just comes um, and evolves as the social entrepreneur determines that she, he is going to commit himself, herself, to making a difference in this particular domain, whatever it is, whether it's education or human rights or health or um, whatever it is. Uh, so that understanding is, I think, uh, key to, it's a key differentiator for, for social entrepreneurs. Many, many, many people come to their solutions without really understanding um, the sources and the forces that um, sustain a problem. So that is, that's a big differentiator, I believe, and one of the keys to success. Brian Stevens, he's the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, and yes, he's, yes. he talks about proximity and how important it is, how important proximity is or, or being proximate to, uh, to those who are most disadvantaged by a particular system, paradigm, structure, uh, equilibrium. So in the criminal justice system, that means being proximate and really understanding the past, the circumstances, the social environment that leads people to commit acts of violence or mm. to, to um, violate laws and codes. And that gets them, you know, that gets them into the criminal justice system, into, into jail. But that proximity, that, that getting proximate to the, to the people who are most disadvantaged is, is a big, big, big piece of this understanding and this commitment to understanding that I feel is absolutely fundamental to social entrepreneurship. Mm. Well, in this next question, you may have already just answered, but... I'm wondering, what would you say is distinct about the leadership that is needed at this time? You know, actually, I think about leadership a lot, um, Shauna, because uh, I think leadership is contested <laughs> uh, and um, and hard to wrap your arms around in in this crazy world we live in. And and most people continue to think of leadership in a very uh, 
unconstructive and more traditional way. They think of a leader as someone who has power. They think of a leader as someone who is who has status. They think of a leader as someone who can who has authority to act um, in ways that may or may not be in the best interest of of um, citizens, communities, stakeholders. Um, so that that power construct is still, I think, very much identified with leaders uh, or with a, a way of constructing and thinking about leaders. Um, I think that mode of leadership has <laughs> has um, outlived its time, if it ever really had a had a time. But I don't believe um, entirely that leadership is no longer relevant, no longer important, no longer necessary. Um, so uh, I think what's distinctive about the kind of leadership that social entrepreneurs demonstrate is this model of uh, leading in solidarity with those you serve. And so that uh, the social in social entrepreneurship to me is as much about a way of leading and a way of going about the work of transformation as it is about the the social change, the result um, of the work that the social entrepreneur can see can see beckoning. And so that style of leadership or that construct of leadership is. I believe, distinctive to social entrepreneurs and very much needed in the world. Now, that's not to say it's easy because there are always competing interests. And when one constituent's or one community's interests are gained uh, at the expense of another constituent, that's, that creates friction at best and um, uh, can be problematic. And so leaders, effective leaders and effective social entrepreneurs have to renegotiate those terms. So ultimately, the transformation is in everybody's interest. Um, and so you don't have these competing or win-lose dynamics that we also associate traditionally with leadership. Leaders win. Um mm. Uh, and so the way of winning uh, that the social entrepreneur strives for is a way of winning that inures to everyone's benefit. Now, there may be shorter-term losses, but ultimately there's a, there's a gain for everyone. And you know, if I think about, for example, something as stark as the uh, uh, fossil fuel interests, that are holding back the transition to um, uh, renewable energy and a more sustainable economy and a more sustainable future for humanity and the planet. Well, I can I can understand the fear of jobs that will be displaced, of economic uh, opportunity that will be lost, of shareholders who will um, see their the value of their. Um, investments plummet. Uh, all of that is very, very real, and I wouldn't want to dismiss it. On the other hand, uh, the transition, I think, is in the long-term interests of the energy industry itself. And so, the more it can, it can help be part of this transition or begin to adapt to what is 
in the best interests of humanity and the planet and itself as a, as a viable business, um, the better off everyone is going to be over the long term. So those short-term, mm-hmm. long-term issues very much have to be negotiated. And this is, this is again, I think, the role of effective, effective and courageous leadership. Mm. Thank you. Many SCOL social entrepreneurs navigate extremely diverse and bridge highly oppositional domains and terrains. How do they do that so successfully? They do it in a variety of ways, but, um, you know, we both, we both know Molly Melching um, quite well. Mm. And, um, you know, it took a long time for Molly to uh, summon the summon really the the courage and the fortitude to um, uh, tackle some of the issues she's tackled and to do it uh, when she realized she needed to do it. It was because the community um, didn't just give her permission; they they encouraged her. They they. Um, in some ways, drove her to tackle, you know, some of these cultural norms that were really, really risky to to take on. Um, but to do that, she found, you know, she found allies, and those allies didn't necessarily agree with her, but she she encouraged them in turn to test for themselves some of their assumptions. So I think um, in many cases, social entrepreneurs navigate these diverse interests and tackle these oppositional forces as teachers, as educators, as, um, uh, as people who encourage people to, to rethink or to um, test for themselves um, what they may be missing. And they do it in, I think, often a, a less confrontational way than, than the, you know, the traditional activist. And uh, so people, you know, for people to change, they need some permission and they need some safety. And I think social entrepreneurs figure out how to, how to give them that space um, so that ultimately they can be engaged in the process of change themselves. But that, you know, changing the way they think about this and they think about their own interests in this system, they become aware of what their um, role is as, uh, within this system. That's really an, almost an educational process. So I think that uh, social entrepreneurs are, um, are pretty powerful uh, educators. Mm. I wanted to just say that when I when I talk about teaching and education, um, to me the listening and the learning, you know, you you're the best educator is always is also a student, mm. <laughs> and so it is this it is this dialogue, it is this empowerment, it is this sort of co-constructed process of learning and rethinking and reconsidering. And it, and it begins with a really, your, your word of um, listening, I think, is just at the heart of it. Mm. And you have such a rare vantage point. Literally, your global scope and your capacity to see with your own eyes and then through the eyes of so many uh, authentically and powerfully engaged in this kind of solidary work for a better world that you describe, you can answer this question 
probably like no one else on earth can, which is what will it take to bring out the best of our diverse humanity to ensure a sustainable future? Oh, gosh. Um, what will it take to bring out the best of humanity to ensure a sustainable future? Um, you, you don't ask little questions, Shauna. These are, <laughs> are, these are existential, you know, these are what will it take? Um, you know, I think I, it's going to take, um, it's going to ask us to let go of um, some of these assumptions so that we can fully embrace uh, a new way of being in the world together. Mm. And uh, when I think of what keeps us from uh, from um, tackling and changing, you know, as, as, as communities, as nations, and as a global community, um, I think it's really this, this fundamental sense that my interests and your interests are not interconnected. My well-being um, comes at the expense of yours, and if yours is to um, assert itself, then I will be diminished or lose. Mm. And so I think that's we have to let go of this idea we have um, that there is there are winners, there are losers, there is there are the very rich, there are the very poor, that violence is inevitable, that conflict is, preordained that, uh, you know, um, instability is, um, instability and lack of security are, (laughs) are real and, um, and, uh, sustainability and, uh, peace are, um, never going to be achieved. So I think we have to let go of a lot of the way we think about um, our interests in the world, and that's a pretty big shift. It's a shift in mindset, a shift in sort of political realities. It's a shift in thinking about power, but that's what it's going to take. Mm. And the social entrepreneur who is fundamentally trying to give voice and power to people who have been marginalized, disadvantaged, or who are suffering through no, through no fault of their own, um, trying to help them reassert their power so that their power is as much a force for good as it possibly can be. So just writing, writing this out of kilter, out of whack way the world is, <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's what the social entrepreneur tries to do, tries to bring dignity and opportunity and voice and power in the best sense of the term to those who are dis- disempowered and um, abused and oppressed and marginalized. So... Mm. 
beautiful. Thank you. This had been a discussion on leading with Sally Osberg, CEO of the Skoll Foundation, sharing what it takes to solve the world's most pressing problems through restorative leadership and social entrepreneurship. To learn more about the work of the Skoll Foundation, go to skoll.org. And to discover more about restorative leadership in action, go to restorative-leadership.org or subscribe to On Leading on iTunes. Thank you.